welcome to Lioness Podcast with me, your host, Jane Lion, here to share with you all of my spiritual contemplations that intersect queer life and, of course, the spiritual path and journey that we're all on. So, welcome, welcome. I'm so grateful that you're here today. I hope you're feeling well. I have an exciting episode for you today. You know, one of my contemplations is like feminism. <laughs> And like women standing up for what they deserve and oh my gosh, don't even get me started on the politics that are happening in our country right now. But you know, women, if there's like a big message that I'm trying to get across, it's women breaking out of the roles that we've been raised to follow and being who we really want to be, you know, being the empowered leaders that we're meant to be as women and when Jacqueline Hawk reached out to me, I had given her some readings. We had done some work in the Akashic Records, and she said, Jane, I am a corporate coach, and I would love to be on your podcast to talk to you about the great resignation and optimization and, you know, how can we change things? How can, as women, how can we get what we want and what we deserve? And I was just like, yeah, <laughs> let's do it. So down, you know, so... Um, if you work in a corporate setting, this episode is for you. But also if you're just a woman who is feeling like she needs a little bit of a boost of confidence, a little bit of a reminder of what a badass she is, this episode is also for you. I was very motivated by this conver conversation with Jacqueline. Um, you know, anytime we can sit down with people who have, you know, 15 years on us of experience and learn from them. Like that's what mentorship is. And Jacqueline and I got way into what mentorship is and how important it is. Um, so yeah, enjoy the show. But before I let you roll on into that, I just wanted to talk to you about a couple of things. I mean, mentorship Let's just veer from there. It's May and I actually still have one slot open for one-on-one -on -one mentorship for this summer. Just one slot left. All of my students have re-signed with me, if that says anything to you. And so I've just got one little opening for one more amazing woman or person, whoever you are or however you identify. Um, to come and work with me for 12 weeks one-on-one -on -one in my open coaching mentoring program. It's, it's, it's aimed towards my guides out there, my teachers, my coaches, my girls who are really looking to upgrade their services, really looking to start building their business getting stronger as healers, getting more confident and as healers. And a lot of us healers, we got to work through some of that money stuff, you know, so we're doing that as well. And the four pillars of this program are your, your presence, aka your practice, your purpose, and your passions. And then of course your dream and your drives. Okay, so your dreams and your drive. What is driving you? So we get into all that good stuff. We also do plenty of chakra work. And my one-on-one -on -one mentees also get free access to Sunrise. So what is Sunrise? Sunrise is my virtual yoga studio. So it's basically Jane yoga and meditation on demand. I'm also, I have some goals for myself to bring more like morning rituals, journaling practices, things like that into the sunrise so that it can kind of be your go-to when you wake up in the morning and you need a little hit of something. You need a little juice. I've got hundreds at this point, over a hundred, uh, one hour full body yoga practice. But then, of course, I've got my yin yoga classes, my tension melt, which is just getting like all of the praise. Everyone's obsessing with my new tension melt video. Um, and, you know, strength classes, all kinds of different yoga classes. And then, of course, all of my guided meditations and my entire meditation mastery course is also on Sunrise all on demand for you. And then of course we have two live classes a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7am. If you're someone who likes to hop onto those live classes, as soon as that class is over, the replay is uploaded into Padia, my website, and then you get it in your inbox. So every Tuesday and Thursday, you're getting a new class on top of all the other new content that I'm making. So 
If you're interested in that, let's see. If you want to be in my one-on-one mentor, I'm going to link the application there. I have one spot left, so grab it before it goes. Then if you want to sign up for Sunrise, my virtual yoga membership, it's $60 a month and and then you're in and then it's there. Welcome. (laughs) Okay, but let me tell you what I'm really excited about, you guys. Like all that I'm thinking about, all that I'm thinking about, all that's on my mind. I even have a little little tingly nervous excitement in my heart when I think about it. Spacious Oasis is in less than a week. Oh my god. It's in less than a week, you guys. Next Tuesday, we're all going to be driving down there to set up the space for you and then the guests are going to be arriving on Wednesday. Now, why am I telling you this? You guys, as much as I have manifested and written down and done it before, sold out retreats, this retreat still has one room open. And it's so funny because we're like, you know, we there's there's that satisfaction of having it sold out. And this whole time, there's just this one last room open. And we're like, okay, who's meant to take the last room at the retreat? It could be a double room. You guys could both, you could get a friend to take it. Or if you think you want it to yourself and you're ready to splurge, you can buy it for yourself for the weekend. Now, You can hop onto my website to check out the rooms and the rates. I'll put the link there. And I want you to know that just the price of the room, that's it. That's all you pay. And then you get yourself down to Paige. And if you're from Salt Lake, you can join the caravan. There's also an airport in Paige that the rest of our crew will be arriving at next Wednesday. But it doesn't only it just it's not just the room that you're paying for. We have a private chef who has worked at some of my favorite restaurants in town who will be preparing all of our meals and snacks and everything, okay? You've got me as your daily meditation and energetic teacher. You've got Perry as your daily yoga and breathwork teacher. We are bringing cacao. We are bringing an ice bath to do some ice bath meditations. We are bringing some other fun experimental things that you won't find out about until you get there. Or if you already have gone, then you already know. We've got the pool. We've got the hot tub. We've got the fireplace. We're going to have a barbecue on the last day. Did I mention that this property is in Page, Arizona, this gorgeous mansion with a big grassy lawn overlooking the most gorgeous vistas of the desert with a view of Lake Powell. We can see the Glen Eden Dam from the pool. It's just beautiful and the house is incredible and it's sitting right up on this big desert rock. So we're going to be taking some barefoot walks around the desert to connect with the earth. And uh, it's just, Perry and I just sat down and we planned the whole itinerary and everything we're going to do and all of the amazing people that are going to come. I am just feeling all of your energy and it's going to be so good. So if you're listening to this and it's Sunday, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you could be driving to Page, Arizona to hang with us for the weekend and to have all of your expenses paid, and to just live like a yogi, queen, king, god for a couple of days with the coolest people, with the most high vibe people to make some amazing friends. Mm. I cannot wait to see you all. I just can't wait to see you all. So Spacious Oasis is coming up, and Sanctuary is going to be over soon, you guys, and I'm just ready to hit it with another round. So the last link, we're going to put four links in this. The last link I'm going to throw into the notes of this episode is the link to get onto my wait list for the next round of Sanctuary. If you know you want to do the next round, if you've been thinking about it already, you can get your application in now. That way, you're going to get first dibs on class times, all of that. You're going to be the first to know about everything. And we can initiate sanctuary already. Okay? Oh my gosh, so much happening. So much happening. I cannot wait to get grounded. Um, This was a way longer intro than I had intended to record, but that is okay. So without, let me see, is there anything else I feel like I need to share with all of you guys? (sighs) May, may bring you groundedness, rest, relief, centeredness, clarity, 
Air, April Aries season brought so much chaos, you guys. I am so ready to just settle down. I'm so ready to ground into my new house. I'm so ready to get organized. I'm so ready to just feel centered again. And Spacious Oasis is kind of like my light at the end of the tunnel for this really, really chaotic month I've been having is like Spacious Oasis. We'll all be there laying in the sun, floating in the pool, high off our breath work. Uh, I cannot wait to see all of you, okay? Now, allow me to introduce Jacqueline Hawk with Soar Coaching. She is just so dope, so kick-ass, a woman that we all need to look up to. Again, if you are in a corporate job, listen to this episode. Maybe you need to hire Jacqueline. I'm definitely not a corporate coach. Go get her. Go get her help to help you. She's going to help you ask for what you want and, and claim it, which more of us need to do as women. Seriously, it's so, so, so important. So I'm going to let that episode roll now. I love you all, all so much. I cannot wait to see you all at Spacious Oasis next week. There will be no Wednesday night meditation because we will be in Arizona. So love you, love you, love you. And here is Miss Jacqueline Hawk. with me your guest your your guest your host I have a great guest here today I'm the host Jane Lyon and I have a great guest today here named Jacqueline Hawk who we've already been just kind of chit-chatting we have such a great like mentor here for all of my women listeners and male listeners today to speak with us and um, Jacqueline and I so I always like to start with kind of how I see you and how I know you and then I'll let you introduce yourself and how you like to be seen but um, I only knew about Jacqueline because she a friend of her friend um, suggested an Akashic Records reading and she reached out to me and I gave her this reading and it was so beautiful and it's funny because as I'm getting ready today I'm like Wait, what do I know about Jacqueline that isn't a part of her past lives? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know that she's this, like, kick-ass corporate consulting coach helping women. But all I keep thinking about is everything I saw on your records that, like, isn't really anybody else's business. <laughs> so that's about as much as I can say about you. But I would love to give you the space to introduce yourself to my audience and say hello. Well, hello. Um, I love an introduction because it's so often we want to be seen. We're seen one way through a public eye and other people's lens, but then there's a depth that we all want to be seen for. And like you've seen that that in me, the, the depth, the past, the, all the things. Um, so yes, I'm Jacqueline Hawk, and you'd mentioned I'm a corporate veteran. And what I mean by that is I spent 14 years in the corporate world and I survived and I made it work after, oh man, going through all the things that so many people and especially women and mothers are facing right now of the burnout, of the overwork, of I want to have a job, but this is really hard. Or there are some people going, I'm supposed to hate a nine to five, but I kind of like working. And <laughs> I really started, <laughs> we talked about that before, right? And I really started down that path the first part of my career and then came up with a playbook to actually make it work for me and start a family and have the flexibility and the health and still be able to be kick ass and build these things. So I had almost this like prior life for 14 years. It was at Deloitte and Disney and I worked with startups and help yeah. build them out. So I've seen everything from the the large I'm here using my hands being like square box that a lot of people think about as well as like the truly dynamic make it your own but then along the way once I realized that I was making it work for me I was starting to coach a lot of our people internally on how do you figure out how to make this this corporate world work for you to have a job but on your terms how to speak up about it and then how to break out of that box if you're supposed to be this type a but you want your personality to come through and I started really coaching people, but from this place of, um, and I'm going to use some of your words of, hey, I've been 
taught to optimize myself by time, by finances, by this and that, but it's not working. So how do I break free from that and actually make it work and be able to figure out what that looks like for me and have those conversations with other people to make it happen without having to jump ship and feel like you have to find it somewhere else. Because let's be real, we take our own shit with us, if I can say that word, and you recreate it elsewhere. <laughs> so how do you dig in, figure out what is what you want, and then be able to have those tough communications to or conversations to make it work? So three, almost four years ago, I left the corporate world and started coaching. It was a 50-50 of men and women, and then it really became a lot more women we all need it, but I'm so passionate because women will be like, oh, I need this, but I'm not going to ask for it. And they go back, they put their head down. They're supposed to help others. Really, we need to empower ourselves to be like, all right, girlfriend, what do you want? What does it look like? What's all the limiting stuff that you've got in your way, your junk? Let's clear it and then create that container for you to have that conversation and go after it in a way that helps you and the business or create it from scratch. And I love it because it opens these doors of destiny for women in ways they never thought they could have. Men too, again, but especially for women that we've all kind of been put in this box. So I've been doing that the last couple of years through a four-step playbook called The Power of the Ask that is about tap it into yourself and what you want and getting your answers and then helping you actually build that conversation to have it. And then you do it, you can repeat it, rinse and repeat through this playbook and go be your best self, go do all the things you want and just empowering women. And I use it day to day. So yeah. And we're going to do all of that. <laughs> so um, you're bringing me right into like a segue for one of my first questions is like, why when I, when I look at, you know, the, the friends of mine that were men growing up, they just go after it. They just get everything they want. They just make all the money they want. They, they get the job. They get like, they just have this confidence about them that's very deserving. And then I see my friends who are equally as intelligent, just as well educated, feel like they should just take what they're given and be grateful and never ask for more. And that when I, when I influence my girls to ask for more, to say more, 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 to even like tune into mm. that, like, sense of greediness just a little bit to feel it they're like which it isn't greedy but it's like let's feel into what that feels like to desire more for yourself and they immediately say and these aren't even women with children these are like girls in their early 20s who have <laughs> nothing nobody depending on them they say i feel selfish and i feel guilty for wanting more and almost like the idea of going to your boss and asking for a raise or the idea of telling your next client that actually your rate has increased or or even just telling your boss what you will and won't answer your phone things like that they almost feel like a sense of like i'm going to embarrass myself like they're not going to take me seriously they're not going to listen they're going to tell me that i'm asking for too much i'm going to like i'm going to feel ashamed so i'm just not going to I'm just going to be grateful. I'm going to keep my head down and keep working really hard. Why do women do this, Jacqueline? This runs so deep, <clears throat> excuse me. And some of the words you said are just so powerful and also triggering. Um, I'll take this in a couple of different ways. First thing that comes to mind to get across is I think we women have been wired to define our value by how helpful we are. I cannot think of many men whose value is determined based on how helpful they are. And the first time I, I thought about this, my process is always like, okay, this has come into my field of a way of looking at something. Let me openly look at the world, not for a confirmation bias, but truly to be like, is could this be correct or, or off? And it's really jarring to see how many women through all what I call the scripts and narratives you just said, will default to a we before a me because they've been told to be helpful. Go help your mom, go help your brother, go help this, go help do that. And we've just been raised that way. And I know even personally, I could ask for things for other people, but if I asked for myself, it was too much. I remember at one point when even in a personal relationship and it was a breakup and my mother looked at me and she goes, are you asking for too much? And I was like, um, I haven't asked. It was actually a wake up moment of, oh, I haven't asked for much of anything at all. <laughs> what do I need? Like the absolute opposite. So there's these like waters that run deep and wiring from, I think, a young age of women being told to be helpful. So we carry that through. I think there's also a decoupling that needs to happen or even a bit of confusion between um, guilt and shame 
kind of like you've mentioned a bit of like, well, I feel ashamed if I asked for this, do I deserve it? And how people are going to respond. Um, and the other thing, oh my gosh, it sort of just left me. It'll come to me. Um, it all, yeah, it really runs deep, but it's all in ourselves, which I think is interesting. Um, but then society has, oh, I hate this part of us, but I think the world is always a mirror to each of us. So if we feel one way about something, we're probably going to end up having it happen unless we start to change it. So if we fear we're being aggressive or pushy or asking for new much or feel guilt, we're going to probably get that reaction from somebody else or that's what we're going to see until we start to look at it um, really differently. And I will, that other point that I was going to say will come back to me at some point, but it's, yeah, it's run, run really, really deep. Um, yeah. Ooh, yeah. And I actually appreciate that because that's, it's a question I'm always asking myself and, you know, what you say about women just needing to be helpful is like, oh, that's it right there. Like, just be more helpful. Don't be a leader, just be helpful. And I've actually, it's so, it feels like such a coincidence. I've been reading this book called The Feminine Mystique, which I know is like a classic in like the world of feminism, but it, you know, it's written for women in the fifties and sixties who are housewives and are miserable and don't know why they're so miserable. Yes. And it's kind of heartbreaking to read this book. How, how, like it's, I'm halfway through and, and she's really trying to get these women to understand that there is so much more to you than, than like buying nice drapes for the house or keeping the carpets clean or cooking lunch. And it's so funny because this book keeps on bringing up this argument that the more educated women are, the more unhappy they will be in the societal roles that we are putting them in. So a lot of men have been coming back saying, we just need to stop letting them get educated. They'll be much better housewives. <laughs> I just got full body chills hearing that. Oh my goodness. It's, it. oh, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. There's so many things too in that of the things that even we do when we do them, they are for others instead of ourselves. And we start to think it is for ourselves. And I think that's a really interesting line that every woman needs to figure out. Am I doing this for myself? Or am I doing this because it feels good, but it's for somebody else? And I work a lot with individuals and even teams with the Enneagram. And there's some common Enneagram types, like a type two of the considerate helper, where and you see a lot of women, especially if they're geared towards um, even people and, and talent and HR, uh, they love to help others and it makes them feel good. They need to figure out what they also want for themselves. But it feels, you say this, so guilty and selfish it's like no it feels good to go help others but then there's just this like um sometimes unfortunately manipulation but just this dark unhappiness because it is all forgiving um and in hearing you it made me remember what that other point was there's giving and receiving mm. and the divine feminine is as i really oh, oh and i don't mean to use the buzzword but as i've woken to oh this is kind of what i'm supposed to be doing as a female is more of the receiving but we're actually giving more by helping others mm -hmm. rather than actually receiving mm -hmm. through asking for what we want or tapping into what we want. And therefore it's out of balance. And I think society has been like, oh yeah, that giving, yep, that's exactly what it is. Cause then you're, you're receiving the appreciation and this and that, but listen to women, they're feeling underappreciated, underseen, underheard. There's gotta be a rebalance of it's okay to actually receive and putting the me before we ultimately helps the bigger we. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, oh my gosh, there's like so many things we need to get into. My brain is like, can we do this all today? Because <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that is coming up for me is again, um, like today we kind of, I said this a little bit before, today I really want to help support um, my listeners who are in a corporate setting or who are working a nine to five, mm. who actually, you know, if I want to raise my rates, I just have to have the braveness to just raise my rate on the next sales call that I'm on. You know, I don't really need to ask permission or drop a proposal or anything. But like I mentioned, I have these parents who are deep in the corporate world. I have watched my mother just kick ass and take names in the, in this mortgage bank that she's like made her way to the very top of. And the amount of shit that she's gone through to get to where she is to be at the top and to know that she's still making like 
65 to 70 cents on the dollar to all the mm -hmm. men that are doing the same mm -hmm. job as her it makes me and i might even that might even be high like that that might be a high gap that i just named mm. <laughs> um i haven't asked her recently to let me know what that is but she tracks it she keeps track of it and the fact that she continues to work her ass off and give her life to this bank even though she's had to come over all of this adversity and this pay gap i wonder if you can speak on that and how we can influence this younger generation of girls who are in corporate jobs to try to close that gap. What do we need to know? Oh my gosh, let me pause and think about where to begin because there's a lot, right? Um, from, from it, like an umbrella high point, a lot of what you're talking about just thematically we're seeing everywhere is, um, and there, there's a word that I can use, but it's also very just like inappropriate these days and age. But a lot of women are fearing the more I succeed, the more I sacrifice. Mm. Want to do this, but I will have to give things up, whether it's time, a health, a personal life, like a bit of that sacrifice. Something's and something's got to get right. We look ahead and we see a lot of women, the higher they go, the more they end up sacrificing. And then there sometimes becomes a breaking point because it's hard to maintain both. But along the way, what you're saying too is, well, how do I have the job that I want? How do I have the flexibility? How do I get the pay that I want? Because so many women are designed to go, everything that we said before, um, feel guilty for asking. And so many women are like, well, there's not the time, right? Or if I put my head down and work harder, I will just be recognized. But I'm going to look at all the men, talking in big, big brush strokes of who are just asking for things. They're just doing it. So one of the things that women need to ask, it's been an invisible problem that I want to actually make visible is women just fundamentally are not asking for things and they don't truly know what they want. Mm -hmm. And when I say that to a lot of women, they'll be like, oh, I'm shit at asking you, right? And then they go back to exactly what they were doing because of time, because they don't know how to do it differently. Or again, all those limiting kind of beliefs, mm -hmm. or there's an interesting piece and I'll get to the what to do, but I'm laying the foundation of okay, well, if I know what I want, I don't have the confidence to ask for the words, right? So this is actually how I ended up creating this four-step playbook, The Power of the Ask, because I watched myself go through exactly this. I dug myself into a dark, deep, unhealthy hole from burnout to even like part of my breaking point was I lost my period for two years. I'm like, I don't even know if I can talk about that, but like I will of going, something's got to give. Okay. What do I want differently? And how the hell do I have this conversation and not just put my head down? So the first thing, and, and I'll just even run you, run you all through the four steps, because what I'd outline is what we're not doing, which is why it's what we need to do. There's this first piece of what the hell do you want? We are so busy helping others, pleasing others, putting our heads down. Most, most people in the corporate, parents especially, and even young, there's a, what do I really want? We think we just want something different. We think I can change my scenario to be fixed. You've got to actually spend the time. And, and my playbook walks you through questions to extract what you need. A loose idea doesn't count. You are going to say, I want freedom. And you might end up with financial freedom and you wanted time. See it all the time. You've got to actually get specific. And this question is so hard for a lot of people to answer because when they go to answer it, they'll actually describe what they don't want. So describing what they want, it's challenging, but it's the most important thing we've got to pause and think about. And I, I train people actually, especially in a corporate realm where you're working so fast to do it before every single interaction. You learn to have a split second and then you start to positively control your scenario or at least have an opinion. Wow. rather than feeling like you're going wherever the wind's blowing because that alone really upsets people rather than giving yourself like the stake in the ground or one of my clients has a metaphor of a sunflower I am here and grounded and I can tell if I'm being blown forwards or backwards and I'm not okay with it and what I can actually do to make it a bit more on my own once people go through that first step in the playbook it actually you see an increase in confidence to make their scenario their own because they've got some of that clarity but then there's this piece of, okay, I know what I want and I've got the confidence. Uh-oh, how the hell do I talk to somebody about this? I could mumble through it. Do I have the words? Are they going to buy into it? So there's this whole piece, again, I created through my own experience of you've now, we've now extracted from you what you want. You tapped into yourself, which you've probably never done before, because like we were talking about, somebody is telling you to optimize yourself through an app or a Band-Aid strategy. You know what you want. 
okay, here's a formula that I've created to actually put those words together, to articulate it to somebody, to explain what's the situation and the impact. And then all of a sudden they're agreeing like, oh, I totally understand. Boom, you insert what you want. You've already brought them along on kind of the why that they bought in. And then actually being able to articulate why it benefits them. So many people will go in and just, if they do it at all, what I need, what I need, what I need. And especially if you're in business, some people are like, okay, I could see that, but hey, I got to figure out what benefits the business too. And I can't just grant you what you want if we're not able to grant all sides, right? So there's a piece of how to actually use your words and what you want in a way that gets buy-in like instantly. I've got a woman that got a promotion at a 25% pay rate. It's like $40,000 within two weeks of doing this because it was like, here's the words. Then what creeps up, and this is everything you might teed up is, They'll do step one, cool, I know what I want. Step two, all right, I got the words, I know how to lay this out. Then comes all the narratives. I don't wanna be aggressive, pushy, I've got imposter syndrome. Oh, it's the wrong time. Corporate people, you're gonna say this, it's the wrong time, I'm outside of promotion cycle. BS, I have gotten pay raises and promotions, like you wait for that timing, you're too late. So using my neurolinguistic programming and belief work, there's this whole step of let's illuminate comfortably and bravely what all these scripts are and help you work through them so they're not a ball and chain, but you're empowered to mitigate them, to quiet them, to make them less scary and come up with something that's actually empowering to make you go, I deserve this. I'm ready to do this. Because if we don't tackle that mindset stuff, the rest of the strategies don't work, but most people do one or the other. They're like, here's a Band-Aid strategy or the mindset It has to all be done together. And it usually comes up right after what do you want and the thought of talking to people. So you've got to tackle it. And then the fourth one that came up, but most people start with is what's your communication strategy? What are your verbal and your nonverbal cues? And it, it's a gut punch to me, Forbes, Harvard Business Review, They've interviewed people, men and women, and they talk about how meek women sound, how wishy-washy, how passive aggressive. And I talk to people that run teams and they will call out their women and even the minorities and be like, the passiveness is overwhelming. So looking at how you actually communicate, are you clear and convincing, confident? And what are those cues that somebody's either going to understand you and get it or not? So for all the times people have said, well, I asked for it, but I don't feel heard there's something in your style that's not working or how do you realize you're speaking too fast or intense or there's, there's a list of like 15 things I go into that you can go, oh, let me adjust this and it's gonna unlock everything for you. A lot of people will hire executive presence coaches and all those things, but that's only one piece of the pie. So it's truly, and, and this is why it's like, why it actually works. I've gone, oh, these are the four things that, I'll just say women, people, corporate folks are actually struggling with, but you need to tackle all four. A lot of people say I do one or two. And I'm like, but are you happy? Are you still overworked? It's because you've got to do all four of them. And ideally in that order. And when you do it, you suddenly are like, I know what I want. I can have these conversations and I am truly going to change my situation. Um, so that's a lot of me talking, which feels awkward. Um, <laughs> right back to even my own scripts so I will share those I am not perfect um, but it's really important when you say where do you start it's looking at those four components because that is this powerful foundation everything else you work you layer on top of it to actually work so wow. I'll pause. Uh, no that was just that was so good because as I'm listening I'm like there's got to be someone listening to this at some time on the quantum who is in a corporate job. I love bringing on coaches that I didn't even know existed, right? That like mm -hmm. some some woman out there because I I did work for a magazine for 3 years and I do remember asking for a raise and it was like the most stressful, uncomfortable thing that I've ever done and 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 it and it helped me realize that I didn't want to work in that industry anymore. Um, but I'm like, what a relief for someone who's listening, who now knows that Jacqueline exists. This four steps sounds amazing because there's, mm. I'm sure that we can learn so much about ourselves and mm. why we're holding ourselves back. Why as women we're not asking for more just by going through those four steps and then like 
the cherry on top is actually executing it and yes. getting the support. And, and something that I want to remind women, and this is something I'm always reminding myself and my partner, like we, when we step up and we ask for more, or when we demand more, or when we be so bold as to say, I'm going to get what I want. I'm not just doing it for me. I'm doing it for every woman out there. I'm doing it for every gay woman out there. You know, if you're a minority, you're doing it for every minority out there. You're giving us a leg up when you choose to do that. So I don't know. I just wanted to say like, you're, you're also not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for everybody else that's coming after you. That's such a helpful, empowering reframe too, because back to all this, the, the limiting beliefs we think about, if it feels awkward or selfish, I'm also like a pie. If it helps, if it helps you go, all right, I am helping a greater purpose. And I feel this as well. And that gives you the comfort and the confidence. Use that to your benefit. Cause you're right. It's you're on a quantum level, you're unlocking things for other people. And even in the 3d, you are becoming a role model for other people as well. And it's just, it's crazy how many people I work with that say, well, nobody's done it before. And it's like, why can't you be the first one? And I always ask like, Hey, do you know about the four minute mile? And people are usually like, no. And I'm like, well, for a really long time, nobody believed a four minute mile could be run. One person did it and just boom, 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 boom. So many people were running in three something, but it took them to have a, and I'll use a um, Lacey Phillips term, an expander to see somebody do it, to believe they can. So what if that gets to be you and, and just, you know, try it. It doesn't have to be perfect the first time. Like even a personal story of when I first started working for Deloitte. So I was at Disney first. Actually, there were a couple of things. I had an incredible job out of college at Disney, but I did not know how to ask for what I wanted. I didn't like the path I was on. So I jumped ship. And I look in hindsight and it's funny because one of the women I know, her main client's Disney. And she's like, you need to talk to them because if I had this skill set now, I probably could have still been there navigating how to do things and you name it. But when I jumped ship and then I was at Deloitte, first year in, I was up for promotion, young, dynamic, all the things, totally deserving. And I got passed out. My boss goes, we'll talk to, and I'll call her Sarah for the sake of conversation, who leads the whole West Coast. And I asked her and I was like, help me understand, like all the partners are behind it. I've done all the bits, like what's going on? And although I was not that articulate and that was me being very candid and she looks at me and, oh God, it was the worst smirk though. And she goes, "Mm, you didn't ask me. It was really a bad move from like any human. First off, she had a reputation. And after I got over my own being pissed off, she had a really damn good point. And she'd followed up and thank God I was still actually listening rather than closed off. She goes, I had 10 people up for promotion. How in the world am I supposed to figure out everybody? She said, I wanted to know who wanted it. And if you'd come to me, right, it would have been that running. You fully deserved it. But it was one of those first like face smacks of, oh my God, I literally didn't ask for this. And somebody told me you didn't ask. You were deserving, but you didn't get it. And guess who did? And it was, it happened to be a man. Although I was surrounded by men. That's another thing too, for any of you ladies or minorities in, in, a, cor- in a corporate world and nothing against the men, but it can make us feel sometimes like less than or out of the ordinary. And maybe in many ways use it as motivation. Some of my best mentors were actually men as well. So if you can't find the women, like be the one for others. And even as a woman, when I started doing certain things and asking it, it inspired other men because they're going through it too. Um, but yeah, it's just, I was told you didn't ask. Oh. I love that. And something that I attribute my success to very often is that I was raised by a successful white man and he raised four daughters to think and act like white men do, you know? Mm, <laughs> and, and he yeah. just raised us to be so entitled and I will get whatever I want and there's nothing a man can do that I cannot do and and you know he didn't have boys so he just had to put all of that into us Mm -hmm. and I'm always really really grateful that I had that because we can actually you know I love this quote of like give me the confidence of a mediocre white cisgendered male you know like (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, we can actually learn something from like the the simple confidence and pride that they have. And so I appreciate that you yeah. say that because 
you know, we, we need to be the expanders for other women. We need to fall yeah. down the path that, you know, as a yoga teacher, I, I decided that being paid $30 an hour to teach yoga isn't going to cut it for me. And I just don't mm. accept that reality anymore. Right now, I don't get paid less than $250 for a one hour yoga class. And I'm yeah. like, sometimes I feel a little, you know, like, why am I doing this? And then I'm like, actually, I scaled my business so that it works that way. And I'm like holding up this standard so that all other yoga teachers who are sick of being valued at $20, $30 an hour can see like, well, she's doing it. And she has yes. hours of training as I do. So why shouldn't I, you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. so, thanks for speaking on that because we want to be the expanders. But what I, I want to talk more about you know, those who are listening who are in the corporate nine to five setting, we've talked about how we're going through this great resignation right now. And I, I want to yeah. kind of talk more about this with you, because like I said, I don't feel like I am part of that world. I'm observing it and I'm fascinated by it. But one of my students reached out to me and she was like, Jane, I feel like every time I get on social media, I'm supposed to hate my job. And she works in a crime unit and like she has a cool Ooh. job, you know, and she's like, I, I, I feel like I'm. I feel like I like my job and there's like this weird conditioning telling me that I should leave my nine to five and that I should go be an entrepreneur and that I should, you know, not enjoy my corporate job. And I'm wondering if you can speak on how to be, you know, impactful, how to be mm -hmm. disruptors within the corporate world and how to enjoy it and really influence that space. Cause I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Do you? <laughs> No, it's like love it, love it or hate some of it. it. Some of it's here to stay. I think we're creating a lot of new ways of doing things, but there are some benefits. And you used a perfect word. I'll just mirror back. Um, it's conditioning. There's a lot of conditioning to to hate the big guys, to hate the institutions, and for for some of it for good reason. But you're right. You pop open social media and people like do what I do. I'm on vacation the whole time. You should hate your job and. <laughs> people like you said love it and that first piece is just recognizing the conditioning and and owning it like this goes back to we live in a world where we're looking outside of ourselves for a lot of the answers and what we should do and Brene Brown love her talks about um searching for a port so one of the interviews was a two-parter with uh Oprah she's talking about her new book Atlas of the Heart and she's talking about how everybody's looking for a port. Like people are lost, they're lonely, they're confused. And I'll come back to the corporate piece very specifically, but they're searching for a port. Unfortunately, they're searching for a port that's outside of them, like society in general. That port is actually inside of us. So the minute we can do that return to home and find the port inside of us, we are going to be able to make, and I'll say with the context that we're talking about, our situations work rather than on the waters forever trying to find something that's going to work but it's actually somebody else's view and plan so recognizing there's a lot of conditioning and people that are saying like you should hate your job and just you know I'd say put an arm's distance to it whatever it actually is and being able to be proud that you like your job and if you like your job as is own it because here's the other thing we all look at and admire people who own their scenario even if we can't understand it we love people that own it and if somebody else can't understand why and they're trying to tell you not to do it, it's likely a reflection of themselves because human nature is if somebody's doing something different than me, am I doing something that's wrong? Mm -hmm. And that's that's somebody else's stuff. But if you and I think about growing up when I was always envious of other people and before I learned to be like, all right, I, I got to like my own self and everything that I do and just own it, it was typically I looked at and interviewed the people that owned who they were, what they were doing, where, what they were wearing, whether it was part of the masses or really their own thing. And it was usually those doing their own thing. So own it. If you love it, own it. Acknowledge that maybe what you're seeing on social media and that conditioning is possibly for somebody else. And then the next piece of that, because I think that's the biggest piece, is just it may not happen overnight. So be patient with yourself. Just be patient. Keep trying. We have... We have deep grooves of neural pathways that are longstanding. We've got to change them. That takes time. And then the other piece is back to the power of the ask, because I, I've been in your shoes. Like, I get it. I was in a corporate job when everybody was doing startups and leaving and this and that. And they're like, why do you stay? I was like, 
I just rewrote my job description and I got a 20% pay raise and three deck reports when they were supposed to be none. I got to live in San Francisco instead of New York when I wanted to after London and a start date that was a month later. And they're like, what? I was like, yeah, because I love the company and I wanted to make it work all using the, the playbook. So own it and figure out if you love it as is, keep it. If there's you love it and there's something you want to change, figure out what you want to change to make you love it even more. Mm. And go hire Jacqueline to coach you through it. <laughs> Happy to, because then you become a role model to everybody else. And it's just this beautiful domino effect. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the great resignation, like I, uh, I am enjoying seeing it so much because so many people are saying the way that the system has been working right now, the way that the boomers and the generations above us have set up the industry for the new generations coming in, it's not working for us. And so a lot of people are, like you said, not feeling heard, maybe not knowing to ask for what they want, maybe not knowing what they want, choosing to leave their job. And I'm just amazed at how many people are figuring this out, just leaving their jobs. But the people, like, I want to talk to the people who, because yes, things are shaking up. We're noticing like some restaurants I go to have been closing down because they can't get anyone to serve at the restaurant. Like Mm -hmm. I was in Nike the other day and I couldn't use the dressing room because they couldn't they didn't have anyone to run the dressing rooms. Like I'm just seeing it everywhere that like, okay, so the way Nike's running their retail stores isn't working. The way that these restaurants are running isn't working because you can't hold on to your employees. So you have to change. But then the people who are in the businesses that are in there, that are choosing not to leave, I just want to influence them to say, to look around and realize, oh, I could actually change this place. Yes. Can we put that in neon lights and on a megaphone everywhere? Yes. <laughs> we'll put it on this episode. I could change this place. I could influence this. So you know? here's the thing. I was, I was actually writing about this yesterday because even like open kimono of running a business, there's, there's almost like two strands. There's this piece of, yes, like learn the power of the ass, masterclass, self-study, call me whatever. But then there's this organizational piece. And here's what's happening. The great resignation is doing a massive people that are leaving are doing a big service and actually a disservice. And for any of you that are like, what I'm doing a disservice, hear me out. A lot of people are jumping ship because they want something different, but it's back to the point of they don't know what, and they don't know how to ask for it. Mm -hmm. So if you want something different, give it your best goddamn shot to actually stay inside and try and change it. Because if everybody jumps ship, nothing's going to change, right? There are the people that are holding on. And like we were saying, if you're in your corporate, you love it. You do have the power to change it. And like, I am living proof of this. And we could spend a lot of time talking about my story. I find that awkward, but the more people like, do you know what you did? I'm like, oh, I really, I did change this for myself and others. So if you're there and you love it, you have the power to change even your situation and other things, maybe on a micro or on a macro. The micro is just as important because you've got to start somewhere. But for those of you that have jumped ship, kind of want to grab it, have a chance to actually change your situation because 99.9, actually no, 10 out of 10 people that come to me to work with me, even if it's through their company saying, help them with leadership skills, they'll be like, okay, secretly I'm thinking of leaving my job. Oh, okay. How can we actually run this in parallel? And this is where we go. All right. What do you want? And we're going to see if we can create it in your current role. And if not, simultaneously, let's see if you can do it right externally. But I am not going to let you, and it would be a disservice of me as a coach to let you jump ship immediately if you haven't said what you want and try and actually make changes. Mm-hmm. 100% of those people have stayed at their job. I have not had one of those clients actually leave. They have fallen back in love with their jobs. They have made it work for them. And in ways that even their bosses were like, some of them were more challenging situations, but most of them, the bosses were like, oh yeah, because we always do it in a way that also benefits the business. That's a really key piece in how you, you pitch these things. Um, but if you are ready to jump ship, give it a go. And here's what I say with the open kimono was the other piece is I've started to talk to a lot of companies because here's where they're going pear-shaped. So many companies are like, and we'll just take the bucket of women. We want to retain our women. It's a hundred, you know, 150% of their salary. So you have a person with a hundred K salary that's $150,000 to replace them. And they're like, I'm starting a women's group. We'll ask them what they need. We'll run surveys. It's done at such a macro level. They're missing it because on a micro level, 
yeah, they need flexibility. You're a parent. Things are changing so fast. You're, you're doing this constant juggle in addition to probably being overworked and underpaid. But the women still don't know what they need for their unique situation to make it work. So companies are like, cool, let me roll out the red carpet. And it's still not working for women because they don't know what works for their unique situation. And I'm using the, oh, I hate the word box. I'm using the, the platform of women, but this goes for everybody for the great resignation. So they're still piecing out. What I'm having these conversations with, and it's funny, a lot of them are like, hi, can we help with leadership and communication? I'm like, yes, but all this money you're spending isn't going to work if you don't actually teach women or anyone to figure out what they need and communicate it to stay. They're also gonna be more innovative. They're gonna be more productive, more focused. So you've gotta meet somewhere in the middle with your company. Mm -hmm. So companies, you need to actually teach your people how to ask for what they want or all your money is in many ways wasted because it's too much of a macro. They need to know what works for them. And you're gonna meet somewhere in the middle finally and stop the bleed of the resignation. Um, and then for those of you that are ready to leave, like if it's truly awful and some of you do have bad bosses and nothing will change and I want to honor that, go for it, stay in your ground and find something better. Right. Mm -hmm. And if not, give it a shot. Mm -hmm. It really, it makes all the difference. It's pretty, it's really cool. <laughs> if I can just be totally careful. <laughs> it's like, I know I'm only supposed to be professional, but I'm like, it's so cool. <laughs> you're just like, you're so inspiring right now because I think that Again, like I like I said before we started recording, I the corporate setting that I did work in was like at a hippie ass print magazine. And so it was like not even a corporate setting. So I have no experience whatsoever in what those realms are like. And I think I have this idea in my head that it's just like so toxic and people are just working so hard and people don't and I and I wonder if any listeners are feeling this way, like haven't taken the chance to just open up and ask what they do want. And I'm getting all excited about what you're saying because it's like, as an entrepreneur and as someone who loves manifestation, I am constantly checking in with, do I like what I've created? Do I like how my schedule looks? Do I like the money I'm making? Do I like the people that I'm working with? And if something doesn't feel right, I go, okay, how do I wanna shift this around? How do I wanna change this? What do I need to do? And I wanna invite people who are in a corporate setting and maybe have told themselves this really heartbreaking story that they're not in any control and that no one cares about them and that they're stuck that way. I want you to start meditating on, okay, if I could come to work today and have everything go the way that I want it to be, what would that look like? How would that feel? Start feeling into that because I love what you said. Businesses want their businesses to run better. Oh. Uh -huh. They run better when their employees are happy and, I don't know, optimized. Oh, my gosh, my dog is squeaking his toy. Hi. <laughs> um, you know, and, and so it's kind of like a relationship that has two sides. The corporate mm -hmm. energy isn't, isn't your slave runner. It's not your master. They don't own you. They're not here to control your life. They want you to work better for them. And mm -hmm. maybe we need to say that, like, they need to hear what you need. And it's mm -hmm. been... You know, it brings me back to kind of watching my mom make her career into everything that she's ever wanted. And even though she's still not being paid the same as the man that does her work, she gets everything that she asks for, whether it's a bonus, whether it's this, whether it's that. She feels so well taken care of by her company. Like you said, she's I love my company. I love my work. I say what I want. They give it to me. And she's created a world that she loves and like, mm -hmm. she like wants to stay there for like another 10 years, you know, and have this amazing yeah. retirement. And so it's been great to watch my parents in their corporate settings create exactly what they want with that expansive thinking of, I can get what I want here because I'm an asset to this place. Yeah. And you were really fortunate they do you have that in your parents? And mine was interesting. And I want to share this for the people that also went through it as well. Like I had a father that he um, uh, basically ran another family's money. He was a wealth manager. So a lot of control and power in that. My mother was a COBOL programmer. So there are a lot of people that don't even know what that is. That's like the original coding, like smart as they come, smart as they come. So white man, powerful. White woman, also very powerful all the time. They raised me to be like, be your independent thinker, do this and that. However, internally, and I've 
I've never spoken about this publicly. And sometimes I'm always like, oh, should I do this? But it was be an independent thinker, stand your own ground, this and that. But then internally within our family dynamics, that didn't fly. So for any of you, I share that for any of you out there that might be in some of those or currently or grown up in a confusing dynamic. You're told one thing, but something else is modeled. Because I want to acknowledge like, there's a lot to unpack there for you, right? If you've got the expanders and the people that are saying, go do this, and they're modeling it, might be easier, maybe not. But also acknowledging like, if you're told one thing, but actually, are you seeing that embodied, which is going to help you figure this out? Or if not, finding a way to just acknowledge that and then choose what you want to do differently. So it was, there was so much that I had to, and I'm still unwinding <laughs> between sometimes what's hold of us and modeled in one's behavior, but then how we're actually treated when we do those things. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, so it's not always just, it's not always that simple. So we've got to figure out our own journey and our wiring in that too. Mm, yeah. And it's, it's really helping me, you know, I always am preaching about the power of a mentor. And that's another thing that was ingrained in me is like, mm. your next mentor, find your next mentor, go after the, you know, and yeah. maybe for someone listening, Jacqueline would be a great mentor for you. Love that. You know, when I think about, I just finished a year container with my business coach only one month ago. And I'm like, this whole month, I've just been like, out in the world doing my own thing without anybody like you know checking in on me like i'm like wait this is weird i'm just like making all my business decisions without running it past anyone without getting any advice without getting any guidance which is fine there's nothing wrong with that but it's funny after a year of like weekly business mentoring how mm. all of i feel like i've been like released into the ether on my own and you know if if you didn't have these things shown to you if you haven't gotten to see the embodiment of like a powerful corporate businesswoman or whatever it is that you want to be go and find that person mm -hmm. you know and you can the way you can ask a mentor to get a coffee with you you yeah. can also hire them for a container you can hire them for an hour there's so many ways that you can find a mentor and get guidance in your industry to really be the expander that you want to be for yourself and other people yeah. And this is what we're talking about is a great, a great example. If I can kind of layer on how we would use the power of the ass to make this actually work and successful. Right. So if, if you want to mentor, right. A lot of people say mentor, but here's the thing, all my clients, friends, family, my husband, they laugh at me and like words mean different things to different people. Right. So this is why they're like, well, what do you want? What does a mentor mean to you? Meditate on it, get specific. How does it actually feel? So the step one in the power of the ask is like, what do you want? Like a mentor. Cool. What does that actually look like? Because you might say a mentor and you might ask somebody to be a mentor, but it means something totally different to them. So you could either end up with what they want for you in a mentor, or you can take this step and go, what do I actually want? What does it look like? Is it going for, because there's a scale, right? It isn't going for a random coffee. Is it somebody that can actually, if you are in a corporate realm that can go to bat for you as an influencer? Like there are a lot of different characteristics that can be under the label of a mentor. But it, it, I'll be bold. A mentorship will not work for you unless you actually define what you want out of it. Because there's a great chance that <laughs> you're going to think one thing and, the other person will think something else and you kind of miss. So sitting down to think about what you actually want. And then this piece of that second step is being able to articulate it to somebody because a lot of people I know can think of mentorship as a really, a lot of time, can a lot of time. And they might say, well, I don't have time. And you're like, well, how much time do you have? Or can it just be a coffee, right? I'm not asking you to fully train me up. You've got to know that first step of what do you actually want to then have that conversation and lay some of this out to them in a way that they can say, yes or no, and have essentially similar expectations. Because I think we probably all know in life, if we can reflect back and current, you misalign your expectations. That's why we end up frustrated, pissed off, angry, all the things, right? And then getting past your mental scripts and being able to present it. So that mentorship was a great, great example of just go find somebody that you want to, whether it's a, a coffee or like something really hands-on, find what works for you. It also feels good. Like, Jamie, I imagine when you're going through that to have somebody like in your corner, right? A cheerleader, especially as you're, you're doing new things and maybe branching out. Yeah. 
It's, you know, and my whole, ever since I can remember, you know, that was advice that my dad always gave me, find your next mentor, who's your next mentor, you know, and in, in college, it was like office hours with a professor I respected or asking an employer that I admired to meet me for a coffee. And then Mm -hmm. as I got older, it was hiring someone in a container, you know, and really getting specific coaching. And it's, it's amazing to imagine that I would have started a business or did anything bold without just like one person in my corner, you know, like that sounds terrifying actually to not just have like one person in my corner that is always going to be cheering me on and supporting me because our conditioning, especially as women, like the amount of self-doubt that's going to come over us, the amount of limiting beliefs that are like all you've said, you know, we really need somebody to help us keep aware of that, to call us out and to help guide us out of it so that we can get what we want. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough because even like we've talked about so many times, often we're in it and we recognize it. We're not willing to do something about it. Like we talked about, I talked about the invisible problem when I'm like, people don't ask. They're like, oh, I know. And then they go back into their situation. A, until you can pull yourself out of it or, well, until you can pull yourself out of it or find a way, even just baby steps, right? Don't, Rome wasn't built in a day. Mm-hmm. Having a mentor can really help to be that mirror to help pull you along when it might feel hard for yourself. Because if you don't do it, we see it all the time. You're just going to dig yourself deeper and deeper. And that's, nobody deserves that, right? And do not wear a badge of honor for that one. That is long. That ship has sailed. Yeah, yeah. We <laughs> don't care how it sailed. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, I am just so inspired by this conversation. I am, I can just feel that there are people listening who are like, I'm going to start thinking about what I actually want. Like how fun to start thinking about what I actually want. And like, if you're thinking about leaving your job, I love this idea of like, first, what do you want? Can you get it out of that job? Like, let's just start there before we jump ship. And I just like, go listen to the episode again, take notes. And Jacqueline, if someone listening is like, I got to work with this woman, I need some support. How can we come find you? Yeah, you can find me. I would say my website. So I, I'm a mom. I've got a little one. So my Instagram presence and other things have not been like we were talking about the conditioning. You might look at it and go, mm, she ain't like everybody else. I'm like, well, guess what? I've looked at the amount of time I have and I have a baby. <laughs> so um, two ways. I'm just going to boldly say, go ahead and email me in my website. So we can probably put it in the show notes too. Mm-hmm. So my email is Jacqueline at sourcecc.com. S-O-A-R cc like coaching and consulting.com because my goal is to get everybody soaring that's where it comes from and then the website is get get power of the ask powers you know p-o-w-e-r of o-f-t-h-e-a-s-k a lot of people ask where that came from and when i was in the corporate realm people would be like uh how'd you do that uh how'd you do that everything from signing new clients to the roles and one of my colleagues talk about a mirror. She goes, you always just say it's all in the power of the ask. So I was like, all right, means something and it's fun. So get power of the ask. That is so good. And also, I just want to say this for our younger listeners who don't know this. The best corporate coaches out there have no social media presence. Just in case you needed to hear that, Jacqueline, like, thank you. I've met some big time coaches being in the family I came from. And trust me, they are not on TikTok or Instagram. So I won't lie. It excites me. And if there's somebody out there who is absolutely whizzy at it and maybe even wants to barter, because part of me is like, we value, and I do like, we value money so much. It's a currency, but it's got a lot of people in a space of lack. And I know some people that barter and it's kind of got me excited, like going back to this old world thing. So I don't know if there's anybody out there that is whizzy. I think it's kind of fun to learn this stuff. I haven't had time, but if there's somebody who's want to educate and helps, reach out. Like yeah. I'm always open yeah. to it because there is something fun about it. And, you know, the more people you can reach because it's it's just my my absolute mission. And it's funny how even I'm open kimono when it comes to even my own like mental scripts to also show how I get over them. And having lived in London, I can also be very self-deprecating. Um, but I will I will typically like admit, you know, my shortcomings and be like, okay, it's fine. 
Um, it's funny, I got embarrassed about what I was just gonna say and I forgot the whole point. And I'm just gonna admit that because again, I want each of you to see that I am human. I don't have it all together. <laughs> oh, and you're, you're, just, brain too. you're such a great representation of an empowered woman who is a mother that can have it all, you know? And also isn't perfect and maybe doesn't have it all together all the time and is always learning and working more. But, you know, all of us want authentic mentors and we all want authentic mm -hmm. women to look up to. So thank you so much for just shining brightly for just having this presence and this energy to guide so many people. I know you have changed so many lives and I know that everyone listening is going to feel so inspired by what you've shared with us today. <sighs> Jane, thank you for just an enjoyable, fun conversation and the platform to help more people. That's, oh, I love it. Mom brain, for all of you parents, it always comes back what you're remembering. My, we can end on this. Like my mission is basically to create a new normal and world where women, minorities, everybody is equipped and comfortable to ask for what they want. It's just going to level up everybody. So thank you for, for providing this platform. For me too, here you go, to receive the opportunity. Yeah, of course. Well, and the best part is if you're wondering how Jacqueline got on my podcast. She just asked. I did. <laughs> and I said, uh, you have something to share? Absolutely. You know? So yeah, if you guys want to do something, just ask. <laughs> I'm so happy to have you here on the show today, Jacqueline. Thank you so much. I'll put all of your information in the show notes. And we hope you've enjoyed it. And Milo is very excited in the corner right now. I hope everyone's enjoying hearing him too. Thank you so much, Jacqueline, and everyone else listening.